What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Make It Work Podcast. This is Stephanie. And this is Morgan. And we missed you guys so much. So much. I missed you. I missed you. Oh, my gosh. It was... I mean, don't get me wrong. We loved our interview. It was a blast. And Rhea, again, you're welcome. <laughs> Look at this rookie shit. I have my alarm on. That's how long it's been since we recorded. You, your phone. Yeah, I know. Okay. But yes, as much as I loved our interview with Rhea and it was a blast, I've missed, since we didn't record last week with me moving, our one-on-one, like catching up, talking shit, all this stuff. I needed this. Me too. I need a refresh. I do. Okay, first of all, we'll talk start at the top, as always. If you like what you're listening to, share, rate, review, subscribe. When you rate us and review us on iTunes, that's how eventually one day we're going to chart. Hopefully. One of these days. One of these days. Either way, we're <laughs> going to still sh- show up and talk mad shit regardless. Yes. But yeah, so all that fun stuff. Share us on Instagram. Tell your friends who want to laugh. I had one, um, one of my girlfriends from college re- reach out to me and be like, hey, love the podcast, been binging it, how can I help? And I was like, hey, funny story, literally all I need is you to just tell people that you like it. Like, if you like it, just tell somebody. That's all we need. Yep, I've had a couple people from work see that I posted about it on my own Instagram and ask, you know, for links and stuff like that. So just in the forefront, links are in both of our personal Instagram bios, and we do have the Instagram at Make It Work Podcast. Yeah, and if you're a Spotify listener, you can share the episodes like directly too, which is one thing I really I like about Spotify. It's cool because I've also done it for a lot of other podcasts that I want to share directly like a specific episode. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we should do that more. <laughs> yeah, we need to work on it. We've been distracted. We've been distracted. Well, actually, we're going to talk about what Morgan's been a little distracted with, and then I've been moving. Slash, my sister got married, and it's been a little bit of chaotic in our house, but good chaos, happy chaos. So, Morgan, you want to tell them what we're talking about this week? I got a boyfriend. She got, got a boyfriend, boyfriend. <laughs> and she's gonna kiss him. <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna talk about new relationships today. I think it's gonna be a fun topic. I do want to just mention before we get into this super fun topic that the Black Lives Matter discussion is ongoing and i have two recommendations that i would like to make stephanie if that's okay absolutely because i got a little mini ad i want to put together afterwards so go for it okay so the first thing that i want to mention is on netflix called 13th (gasps) that was insane did you watch it yes we watched it the other night it was so good it's so it's about the 13th amendment I don't want to spoil anything because it blew my fucking mind, honestly. Yeah. And it's super important to understand the nuances of our Constitution and the little fine print bits and pieces that are in there that kind of perpetuate racism, honestly. So awareness, I think, is probably one of the first steps open up our eyes, et cetera. And it's just a really well, well done documentary. Yeah. And you know, my, my partner is hella history political. He's a political podcast. And so he is all about people waking up and realizing what's going on and everything else. So we were both into it and we've been talking about like prison reforms and, you know, obviously like everything going on with a police defunding and as someone who's a daughter of, you know, an ex cop, I'm, I have nothing but respect for the good police officers, but also am aware on what we got to change some shit. And so just learning about the prison system and all that stuff too has been, it's been enlightening. It's been 
it's been a topic I wish we would have had before, but I mean, we can't fix that time, but we can fix from here on out too. Yeah. And it's depressing and it's exhausting, but like, we just have to sit in it and be present and learn from it. The second thing that I want to mention is a podcast from New York Times Magazine. It's called 1619. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have heard of it. I've heard, I've heard good things, bad things. Like some things are super duper awesome and that they've done a really good job with some messages. And then I've heard that there's some like information that was like incorrect and I'm trying to remember what it was. And then people were frustrated because it was like such a good podcast and information. But then it was like, I'm trying, I think it was something. Oh my God. I can't remember, but like some information. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. I think it was saying that the revolutionary war had something to do with slavery. Yes. But then it was like people were frustrated. Like I especially saw because I've been trying to work on my black creator following because that was something that I had not been good at before, as I said in the Rhea episode. And I also saw some black creators getting frustrated. They're like, oh, my God, to have this like message and everything talked about and then have some factual things like historical things be wrong. It's kind of like when the people were talking about the rioting and then they're talking about the protests and then everybody focused on the rioting rather than acknowledging the reason for the protests. It was like, right. Like it's it was. Yeah. It's what it's like. Nothing's perfect. Mm-hmm. No one knows everything. Yeah. That is our motto here. No one knows everything. No one knows anything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. I haven't listened to it. So I haven't, I, but I've heard yeah. it was like some frustration with that, that it was like almost like they're like, oh, we took like 10 steps forward. And then that made us take like five steps back because we was like, had made pro- progress. Again, as someone who's not listened to it, it's like what I've heard is great things other than that one second. I think that was something the Revolutionary War. Yeah, I think there were some fact check questions about that time period, but that's not the focus of the podcast. So it's six episodes, five different topics. The last two episodes cover one topic. Okay. I mean, there's like a music episode that I sent my dad and he listened to because he's a musician and he really liked it and he listened and really enjoyed it. And there's like a, there's the two part one is a farming episode, black farmers down South and how they grew up farming because their dads and grandparents and great, great grandparents were the ones that were doing the farming. So they grew up with it and how there's racial biases there still, um, really bad ones actually. And it just gives a different perspective and it's not just like, this is what happened dur- before, during, and after the Civil War. Like, I think that was the first episode. And then they move on to other black issues. Yeah. I need to listen because that's what I'm saying is I've, I've only heard, like, reviews, basically, yeah. and people talking about it and stuff like that. But I have not personally listened, so I need to do that next. I do recommend it. The episodes are, like... 30 to 45 minutes long. I took a few walks and listened to them. And I really do love the music episode because you get to hear some Motown and that's the best music. And I was like dancing a little bit on the sidewalk like a lunatic. No, it's fine. So those are my two recommendations for now. Keeping an eye out, keeping an ear out, and just trying to be an anti-racist ally where we can. And in every part of our lives, including here. Yes. Agreed. This okay. is this was not like a one-time interview thing. That's what we were talking about. So I'd love to hear it. Also, hello, coming from our position, we're one to judge on something. 
getting one part incorrect because I would hate to have done everything we have done and educate on everything we have educated and then be cited on the one thing wrong. But I felt like if that's being addressed and we're going to recommend it, I want to call it out. And if Morgan is aware that this is on there and this is still moving and an eye-opening experience and I'm fucking on board and I'll endorse it even though I haven't listened to it because I trust Morgan. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, <laughs> I want to do like a, we've never had an ad before, but we're going to say our first make it work ad is going to okay. be for- Are the, we getting paid for this? Absolutely not. For <laughs> what, well, I'm getting paid in, you're going to get paid in your soul. The Loveland Foundation. Okay. We talked about oh, right this right. with Rhea on our last episode. And I'm like, I can't think of a charity that lines up with our values more of, you know, helping people be the best version of themselves, have it, giving them the access to the tools they need in order to better themselves and cope with what life throws at them. And so the Loveland Foundation, again, is a organization that I think they do a lot of different work, but the main thing Rhea spotlighted for us was that they give access to therapy to black women and help them, especially with everything going on. And on top of COVID and 2020 being just a bullshit year, just making sure people are able to talk to somebody, get their feelings out, cope, deal, strategize, be better human beings. And we're all fucking on board with that. So Loveland Foundation, if you're looking somewhere to donate, we can't endorse them enough. Make it work as hoping to not just give them ad space, but also, you know, continue working with them and promoting them as much as we can. Perfect. Yes. So now on to more exciting things, new relationships. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how this one got started because we're kind of starting talking about the, the exciting time this is. This is the best adrenaline rush, I feel like, in the world. Right. So we're like coming up on one month of being in a relationship it's fresh so what really is there to complain about at this point mm-hmm. it's a big old goose egg nothing everything's perfect <laughs> honeymoon <laughs> phase hardcore yes. this it's also but it's kind of to me it is kind of hard to do because when you've been through some shit in your life like we were talking about you're like wait i'm really happy this person is really not a piece of shit. What is about to go wrong? Right. <laughs> I'm just like laying in bed at night, staring at my ceiling, wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a bad habit that a lot of us have because you think that you can kind of prepare right. for the worst. And then I mean, you can't, you know, you can't like even if you sit there and you fantasize about all the shit that can go wrong. You're, you're not gonna be able to be prepared. We would, would you have thought we were in an apocalyptic world right now that we're in? No. Six months ago, no. we would have never seen this shit coming. So I hope that you do soak in this moment and live it up because of course, as your best friend, I'm just as happy to just like see you in this fun part. Thank what, you. What would you say would be the hardest thing about getting back in a like, re- relationship after not being in one for a hot minute? Um, Sleep. <laughs> that's fair it's like okay so we met at work um he's also a nurse uh we don't work together like on the unit that I work on but he used to work on that unit so he comes to visit when he has downtime because he is on our IV team so he's like one of a few people that go around and put in IVs down in our emergency room. If someone's a hard stick, they place pick lines, they do ultrasound guided IVs, they do a bunch of really cool shit. And 
he comes up to my unit to say hi all the time because he's still friends with people that work there. And we met like while I was on orientation. Mm-hmm. And then at some point we followed each other on Instagram. And at another point we like sat down a couple times while he was up on my floor and we were chatting. And then another time we were like messaging on Instagram and then the conversation kept going slid in those on DMs. Instagram. What'd you say? He said he slid in those DMs. I think I slid in the DMs first, oh, actually. All right. I was just like testing the waters, you know, mm-hmm. seeing what my options were, seeing what the response would be with no expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked out, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, and I could tell that he was trying to keep the conversation going. So I was like, what are you doing this weekend? And then he asked me out on a date. And we went out on a date. Nice. Straight up, few days later, second date. <laughs> asks me to be his girlfriend. Well, actually, here's how the conversation went. We're sitting there on my couch. And he goes, so we're the same age, by the way. So there's no, like, generational issue here. But he asks me the question, so what's, you know, the process here? I'm, like, picking up what he's putting down. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you know, usually we would hook up for a few months and then I would start to get pissed off because I didn't know what was going on. And I would yell at you one day and ask you what we were doing and like what we were and try to have that conversation. And then you would end up making the decision about whether or not we were going to date. Yeah. And he was like, well, can we just skip that? (laughs) Could we just not do all that bullshit? That'd be really great. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Totally down. Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing is we're in our late 20s. And yeah. so, I mean, like, obviously, if you're a listener in your early 20s, this does not happen nearly as much. But I think you get to a certain age that you're just, like, sick of the bullshit. And when I do think that women choose who they date Whereas men kind of like not take what they can get, but like they're like more okay with rejection most of the time and will like kind of figure out who's feeling them out. But then men are usually the one who typically decide if it's going to be official, long term, you know, have the emotional side to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And another thing that I've noticed just in thinking about this topic was like men and women relationships, at least women kind of like give the benefit of the doubt in more ways than one when it comes to like feeling out someone new, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been in situations where I'm like, you know, I just am not sure if I like this guy, but let me hang out with him one more time and see if I like him the next time we hang out. Like I can't put my finger on what it is that's bothering me or I can't put my finger on why I don't have, you know, that butterfly feeling with somebody it's like, well, there's nothing really wrong with them exactly. So it's like trying to push myself into feeling something just because like the opportunity was there. And I don't think that men do that. If they have the feeling and they know they want it, they go for it. And that's kind of a hard lesson to learn too, because growing up, it's like, if boys are mean to you, it means that they like you, which is total bullshit. And, you know, the games that we all play when we're younger, mm-hmm. hooking up, hookup culture these days is like, a total mind fuck also. Yeah. And he and I were actually having this conversation today where he was like, yeah, between 
a year ago when I ended my last relationship. And now, you know, like I've hung out and hooked up with a couple girls and I made it clear that they were casual hookups and they thought that it was going to turn into more. And it obviously didn't. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you asked me to be your girlfriend on a second date. And he's like, yeah, I saw it. And I talked to you a bunch of times at work already. And I knew I liked you and I wanted to scoop you up. And so I did. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, okay. <laughs> I feel like men know, A, they know immediately if they would sleep with you or not. Whereas like you hear of girls being like, oh, well, we were friends. And then it kind of like grew on me that I was like kind of attracted to him because he was funny. You know what I mean? Like you don't hear dudes yeah. do that. Dudes don't go be like, oh yeah, this is good at work. And you know, it really wasn't like, I wouldn't have fucked her in the beginning, but like now <laughs> she's super <laughs> duper so funny true. and cool. Like no dude would ever do that. He'd be like, I know whether or not I would sleep with you. But then five minutes, like whether or not you had a chance. And girls don't do that because I feel like we have like a lot of factors, you know, going into it. And I just think a dude knows whether or not he's in a place to commit and whether or not he likes you enough. Because also something my mom told me growing up, if a man wants to see you, he's going to see you. Like if you are getting stood up or, you know, like they're not making that effort and that is such a hard pill to swallow because when you like somebody and it seems like they have these valid excuses and you're like oh but when he's with me he seems so excited to be here and you know like he really puts an effort on this like no bitch baby if he's not trying to see you all the time to where that's like it's kind of impeding other stuff in your life and you got to put in that effort to make sure you balance things out and you don't become like that obsessive new relationship i almost spend all our time together because it's so exciting he doesn't, he's not in it. He's not, you would know when men wants to see you, they see you. They make, they will move mountains to yeah. get in your bedroom. Okay. And I'm experiencing that now, honestly, for the first time. Yeah. And I've been in relationships before, and this is the first time that it's really happening. Like I, my schedule's all fucked up at work right now for the next few weeks, just because of COVID. And I get done work at three o'clock in the morning and twice already he's stayed up until three o'clock in the morning, driven to work 30 minutes from where he lives, parked at the hospital and walked me home after I gave report and like stayed over. God, a time is the best. Like that's so nice. It's so nice. He just says very nice things and it's really nice. (laughs) It is nice and it makes me happy. And it also is, you know, sometimes we have this girl at work I won't use her name because she hasn't given me permission to share the story. But basically, this guy's kind of being a tool and had made some comments and said some things that basically she may not be able to have kids. And he's like, I just don't know if, like, I want to go into this because I don't know if I want kids or not yet. And I know, like, just, like, kind of wishy-washy and, like, kind of attacking things that she has are in her control. And we're like, okay, here's the deal. First of all, he's a douche canoe. Second of all, if he's not sure he wants to be with you, like, uh-uh, no, next. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. doesn't. And that's what, I, that's what I told her. She's like, I was like, no. And I'm like, here's the deal. You can be a fuck girl. Like, if you want to just mess around and use him physically, that's on you. Your choice, your body. You do what you want to, what you need, get what you need to out of it. But don't go, like, going and catching feelings for someone who has blatantly told you they're not into it. He's not playing hard to get. He's not trying to keep it cool. He doesn't like you. 
and he's kind of feeling things out and communicating to see what he can get out of it. But if he has made it pretty clear with his actions that he doesn't like you, he doesn't like you. So just don't, don't expect, listen to what he's telling you and showing you. Right. It's such a, you're right. It is such a hard pill to swallow when that happens, when you like somebody or you, even if you don't even like them and you just want them to like you, because I've been in that situation a million times too. Like, why am I so upset that this guy doesn't like me? I don't even like him. I just want the attention or I just want for someone to want me. Because how and, dare you not right. like me? I don't even care if I don't like you. How dare you <laughs> not like me? It's Look infuriating. Me. I'm wonderful. I'm a joy. I'm hilarious. I'm a good time. How, who are you to not enjoy my company? Oh, my God. I just... Can I tell you something? Yes, always. (laughs) And to our lovely listeners, I want to tell you guys something too. This podcast is fucking ridiculous, okay? I post about it on my Instagram. Obviously, in the beginning of this relationship, this whatever it was at first, a friendship, two people talking, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Friend boy. Friend boy. He, you know, is asking about the podcast and he's like, well, which episode should I listen to? And this was when we had just published the Pet Peeves episode. (laughs) And I was like, well, we just did a pet peeves episode. And like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Or like, if he liked me, I wasn't even thinking about it. Because when we would talk, it would be like two to four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, where's my brain at at that time? Like, certainly not on relationships. Not the best version of yourself at that time. Not my best self, (laughs) truly. Okay. So I'm like, listen to the pet peeves episode. I think it's pretty fucking funny because it is, right? (laughs) And then I see him a couple of days later and he's like, so you're a psychopath <laughs> and snoring is not a choice. I was like, sounds like you snore. Then. <laughs> sounds like you're taking it personally for a reason. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and he said that he does snore and he doesn't. And he's like, well, I guess that kind of pu- proves your theory that it's a choice. It's a choice. Like, he's yep, t- it is a choice. He's never actually fallen fully asleep with you. He's too terrified <laughs> to go into REM sleep. It's been functioning <laughs> of non-REM sleep this entire month. Actually, he might be dead. He's probably sleeping right now. <laughs> and that's why sleep has been the hardest part. <laughs> Plus, you want to like... I don't know. There's not enough hours in the day in that time. It's truly like the best drug, honestly. It is, and it's, go ahead. You're fine. I would say, it's also, like, it's the best thing, and there's nothing more infuriating to me than someone who hasn't felt it tolerating bullshit even in the beginning. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, y'all. I, I tolerated some bullshit. We've had, well, you've heard some stories, okay? Like, I built up my, my bullshit tolerance goes higher and higher. I'm a level two. I just, like, justify your actions for no fucking good reason as I love you. But like before I love you, if you're going to treat me like garbage, deuces, I'm out. Like, no, fuck that noise. Or you see a girlfriend who's like, oh, but he's so sweet. And like, I just think this is great. I'm like, he has blown you off three times this week. Fuck him. Like, bye. It's over. Like, it's exciting because it's new in general. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always exciting when it's new in the beginning. Yeah. But it's also exciting exciting and new in a way that like we're both in our late 20s we are on the same page nothing's really off limits conversationally and it's the first time I think that a guy that I've dated actually legitimately thinks I'm funny (laughs) and isn't laughing at me I don't know there's a lot of laughing 
There's a lot of intimacy. <laughs> which is all. super fun. And a lot of time together. And it, you know, you're right. It's like, it doesn't ever feel like enough at this point. Mm-hmm. But I like that you brought up earlier needing to balance out the new relationship, excitable, wanting to spend all of your time together, feeling with your girlfriends and your family and like your own self-care. Oh, yeah. Because that, for that, like self-care for me, honestly, like I need to be by myself for a little bit. Yeah. Or I'll go insane. Yeah. I say it's like a rebalancing thing. Like I'm not even introverted. No, you're not introverted. But you, yeah, I guess technically you would be because you get your recharging time alone. But also being like an empath, like I need to not be around anyone else's bullshit or feelings for a little while so that I can process my own stuff because otherwise I will always choose to deal with your bullshit over my own bullshit. So I like have to have my skincare. I have to have like a nice shower and regroup and deal with what's happening because otherwise I'll just pretend like everything's fine until it all explodes in my fucking face. Right. I don't, I want to learn from past mistakes and try and be my best self as much as I can in this new relationship. And you know what? We hung out today and guess what? I'm PMSing and I got a little snippy because I'm tired. And guess what? It was fine. I think that's another factor. Okay, so we're definitely a thing I want to keep talking because it is, that's something you got to learn with age is balance and not feeding into this feeling of like wanting to be together all the time and making sure that you take time for yourself, your family, your friends, like your girls still need you. You can't have been seeing them four times a week and then not see them at all. Like, and that's such a hard lesson to learn like through age, but also the worst advice I was given the last time I started dating was people told me to not share what was going on in my life. And basically, I think they just want me to like protect myself. But same thing with you. You've said you're like, I saw him at three o'clock in the morning after my shift. I was not my shiny, sparkly first date self. Like I was me and I was a mess and I was fun, but I was funny, but I was also moody and I was everywhere. And when I first started dating, people would tell me like, oh, you know, like, don't share that you're going through a divorce. Don't share what happened. Don't, you know, like, don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Keep that stuff to yourself. That is such shitty advice. Like, such shitty advice. I'm not saying be completely vulnerable with everyone, but like, where people told me basically to hide myself and not share anything, you're creating this facade. And if a person falls for that facade and then they see the real you, of course, they're going to be disappointed. You're going to have more issues. And I am a proponent of you show what you got and you put that shit on the table. And if they still want to play and they still want to hang out and they're still into it, that is going to be a way better foundation for a relationship than having come in there with all with like pretending like things are rainbows and fucking sunshine and your life is perfect. Yeah. I mean, I obviously don't have the past experiences of divorce and, you know, infidelity, that kind of trauma that you have. But I got the same advice, you know, tone down the crazy, like is what I've been told, because obviously I'm a very outspoken person. I'm loud. I'll get into debates with people like I don't give a shit. I'm obviously a foul mouth. (laughs) I like to dance in public and I don't give a fuck who's around. So That was the advice I got was like, oh, well, you know, you can be a lot. So might want to, 
you know, scale it down a little bit and kind of expose that gradually. And you know what? It's not a full-time fucking job to like introduce myself gradually to a person that I want to be with. So yes, I think it was a good start that Kyle and I, his name's Kyle, obviously. (laughs) Why wouldn't it be Kyle? You know, (laughs) of course it's fucking Kyle. (laughs) It's always a Kyle. (sighs) Goddamn Um, Kyle. That we met at work because I'm a nutcase at work. I'm like unequivocally myself because in order to cope with the shit that we deal with, I have to be. I work nights for a reason and it's so that management is not there (laughs) while I am working. Can you imagine how exhausting it is just put on a facade all the time? Like like you are just like put together. No, and you know what? It's been fucking cool because he's seen me at these weird times when I'm in scrubs and it's not you know the most flattering outfit i've ever worn these days like we've been in masks for months so i'm not even wearing any makeup so you know on our first date he was like yo i already know what you look like and i'm wearing crocs so (laughs) (laughs) see your fucked. i was like please don't wear crocs i feel like that's disrespectful you wore the croc he wore the croc i'm sure he fucking did he said you (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, I dealt with your psycho tendencies already. I listen to your podcast and know what a nut job you are, which she is. Yeah. Morgan is a nut job in the best way. And Morgan is a lot. I'm a fucking lot. And you know what? Women who are told they're a lot are usually a damn good time. Okay? So don't fucking tone yourself down, turn the volume down, filter yourself in order to make friends and meet people because then they don't like you for the real you and you're going to stop liking you for the real you. And that is not what anybody needs. No, that's total bullshit. I don't like that advice at all. And I am with Stephanie in that you put it out there, your full self, your upfront, you know, and I told Kyle and I told the friends that I've made at work, like, this is me. You know, it doesn't get more crazy from here, but it doesn't get less crazy. Like I'm just being myself mm-hmm. and you know, I've made a lot of friends that way. And I feel like it's not even necessarily about a lot. It's about quality over quantity at this point with everything, especially for me, at least with, you know, romantic relationships. You know, I'm not trying to fuck around anymore. I got all that bullshit out of my system in my early 20s and I didn't feel like dealing with it anymore. And, you know, apparently the timing has worked out with this one. Right place, right time. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, it's right person, wrong time, right time, wrong person. Yeah. Which is also another hard pill to swallow for real. Oh, yeah. That's difficult. So it's just exciting that things are lining up. And I'm trying not to think about when something's going to go wrong. And it's really weird. And you and I talked about this privately that it's like there is so much horrible shit going on that I feel moved by. And it can be really hard to like feel happy for yourself when things are going well in your personal life and you just like feel so deeply for things that are going on outside of like your own little inner circle. Yes. And can I share my response to this? Okay. Because I, first of all, as someone who's been through enough traumas, I would consider myself pretty well-versed in traumas. (laughs) I think so. 
here's the thing. No amount of anxiety or <laughs> have you seen people who are like, um, my anxiety is useless. My disaster preparedness plans did not include this bullshit. Therefore, I don't know why I don't sleep at night because clearly I can't fucking predict the future, which you can't. And I will tell you when real shit happens, there is no amount of imagining that can prepare you because you got to do it live every fucking time. There is no one who has ever known someone is going to die or something and then been like, oh yeah, I like already imagined it. I'm fine. Everything's fine. No, no, that doesn't happen. So you can't prepare for it. So like, I feel as if that shoe dropping, I have that feeling all the time because I've had bad shit in my life happen. And when I start getting too happy, I feel like, oh, I'm about due from some really fucked up shit to drop in my life. So where's that? can't be too happy because then that is the ultimate vulnerability because if you allow yourself that like pure joy it seems like you can get like the rug swept out from under you right and that feels terrible it's the fucking worst so it's like it's if you take it from yourself then no one else can take it and that's not how it works Right. Which again, we're talking about oh, hard pill to swallow is going to be the episode title today. I don't, I don't know. It has nothing to do with the real topic, but it just is. It's, it's a really hard to know that like you can ruin your own joy faster than anybody else can. Right. But also That's what true. I told Morgan is as both being empaths and wanting just better for the human race, honestly, that's all we want is we want people to be healthy and safe, but we also want people to be seen and heard and, you know, having no idea what people we care about have been going through and been closed off to it. That was fucking earth shattering. I'll tell you like Morgan, we were both rocked, but I think Morgan was especially rocked after that Raya interview because it was just hard to hear that not being the source of the problem wasn't enough. And then it was, you were in a good place and you're like, oh my God, do I not like deserve this happiness? And what I told Morgan is, A, she fucking deserves it because she's a good person. And I truly believe in becoming the best version of yourself. And that takes a lot of work. You don't get to be the best version of yourself by being a lazy piece of shit, okay? I hate to break it to you. It doesn't work that way. But you deserve to have the best things in life. You deserve to have all of the things, like monetarily, emotionally, physically, because when you're a good human and you take in all those things and you are like insanely successful and you grow and develop, then you lift up everyone with you. Morgan and my ultimate goal is to really fucking do something with Make It Work. We believe in empowering people and caring for people. And especially, I feel like we have a strong attachment to other women. Like Ooh. we are major like women, women. And if we just don't let a ceiling hit us and we become successful and we grow and we are happy and we do well, we can make this giant table for everybody to sit at and bring others up with us. That if we were to like punish ourselves and withhold things from us as almost like a, well, if you can't have those things and I won't have those things and we'll suffer together or we work together, we build, we become more. So I think that's hard in relationships because you see some people, like my sister got engaged Y'all, I wasn't even officially separated yet, okay? If you think my ass was not bitter about her boyfriend flying around the world to propose to her and my, my husband just couldn't dip his dick in someone else, you'd be wrong. I was very bitter and I was very upset and that wasn't cool. I was not proud of myself and it was a major thing I dealt with. But then I was like, fuck that. 
I'm not going to be bitter and I don't want her to not have something I don't have. I want her to have it. I want to support her and her growing it. I'll build my own. And then when I am happy and I am okay and I watch someone go through what I'm going through, I'm going to be like, hey, I know it sucks to be around everybody who's in love right now, but you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You've been there before. You'll figure it out again. And then we're going to kind of lift you up by your fucking big girl panties. We're going to move on and we're going to get it all together because I truly think that trying to be the best version of yourself and then surround yourself with people is how you make the world better. That was my tangent, my TED talk. Sorry. I like it. And it helped me in the moment too, because you're right. I really did feel rocked to my core by speaking with Raya and hearing everything she had to say. I think it is an extremely important conversation to have and to keep having. And I look forward to continuing to have it. But you're right. I fully thought I was an ally. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. And I was like, fuck. It's the anti-racist. It's the, I never thought of it like that. And you know, growing up in the South and just not participating in it, I thought that made me enough. And it wasn't. Yeah. Because I chose my own comfort over being a true ally. And that's hard pill to swallow. Uh, Whoa. ah. (laughs) But take a shot every time we say hard pill to swallow. You'll be fucking dead by the time the episode. (laughs) You will never hear another episode again because you'll be dead. 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 But I do think, you know what I told... Morgan, I was like, I don't think that we hold back on our success and working hard because I personally want to make an effort. You know, I've already made the effort to support people like women owned business and family owned business. The fact that I never thought about supporting like a black owned business was shitty. And I'm like, we make the most money possible and that we can support black businesses and do ad space for them. And we get the most reach possible and we give someone as fucking insanely powerful as Raya a platform to talk on. And, you know, we make this huge table and we show how funny women can be and how we are not afraid to take life on and that we are a powerful group of people to not fuck with. And then at our table, we have all of these spots to help other women do the same thing. Like, I truly believe in striving and striving and doing and being more and then pulling up other people with you. Right. And that is 100% the goal. And that, you know, even if it's not a huge platform, even if it's just in your personal life, it should be the goal to bring other people up if you are in a spot to be able to do so. It was something that I really had to think about for a little bit by myself with in relation to the this new exciting relationship that I'm really happy about was like, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, Mm-hmm. I can be really happy about this relationship and spend time together. And guess what? We watched 13 on Netflix together. Yeah. So, you know, it's all intertwined and it's current events. So we've obviously had conversations, long conversations about all of this. And just because horrible things are happening doesn't mean that I can't be happy in my personal life. I can't imagine that I'm going to just flick a switch and stop feeling a little guilty about it because I really just want everybody to feel good and be their best self and you feel the same way. So I feel like that's what our podcast has been for us at least is like 
borderline therapy, talking through issues like this. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening who probably feel the same way. It's like, especially as white people, having inherent privilege and having the light bulb go off. It's like, okay, so just because someone else isn't doesn't have those same privileges, like I can, I have them so I can work hard to make sure that everybody else does. Exactly. Guilt, I don't get me wrong, I'm Catholic. I'm fucking queen of guilt. <laughs> I feel it. Don't get me like, I don't want to minimize it. Oh, like, I, I don't have you that feeling. You are a guilty guilt steen. Yes. And so therefore, I'm also able to bounce back with the guilty feeling faster because <laughs> I feel it about literally everything. But having guilt doesn't help anybody. And so that's why I'm like, okay. I can have these feelings, but again, that's just about me. Just like it was about me when I didn't want to call somebody out. I was just like, oh, I'm not going to participate in this conversation or acknowledge or think that that's funny. I'm just going to leave. And that was about me. And so feeling guilty, again, we're allowed to feel it and you can feel it and it's fine. There's something wrong with it, but it's not helping. Right. So what do we do? And, you know, I think I'm a big proponent of putting my money where my mouth is and I'm also an online shopper. So therefore... <laughs> That's, you know, what I'm choosing to do and choosing on the conversation. And, you know, I'm happy that I don't be woken up in a b- brutal way, but also that, I mean, I'm st- we're still in our 20s and we can fucking do something about it. Yep. And yep. we plan on doing things about it. Exactly. Another thing I want to talk about with new relationships, the people who I think this ties into guilt for me and that some people just... I don't know if it's a protection thing, like they don't want you to get hurt, so they don't want to be happy for you. I don't know if it's a jealousy thing. I don't know what it is, but that almost fear, like you need to hide how happy you are from some friends. And I want to address that whole realm of like people who are not happy for you in a new relationship. Okay. So have you had anybody who has not been like overtly supportive of you having a more serious relationship? I don't think so. But we literally just like posted our first pictures together a week ago. So yeah, I don't know that the knowledge has been as widespread Yeah, to get any reactions. I mean, everything's been positive so far. I think at work, because people have known him for so long, they're excited and I haven't gotten any negative feedback. And then the other people I've talked to it about have been my really close friends who are my close friends because they're the type of people that are happy for me when good things are happening and the type of people that are there for me when bad things are happening. And, you know, my parents and Zoe just want to make sure he's not another piece of shit. Because a lot of men are trash. (laughs) So my track record's not amazing. (laughs) Say, I'm right there with you guys saying previously. (laughs) The 180 Um, I've done currently is uh, astounding. That's so true. Yeah. People are like, oh, um, no. so they were cautiously optimistic and asked a lot of questions and they briefly met him because we like needed to borrow something at the house before we went down the shore and they got good vibes from him apparently. So we like good vibes. I also haven't like had such a serious relationship and the way that you did in a, in the way that you did. So you definitely have more to speak on when it comes to that than I do because just because your relationship history was much more public than mine because you got engaged and got married and had all of that out there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even before this, I've had I've had previous experiences where people have had issues with 
me dating and how I've now I've, I also am someone that like, if you like, especially my family, if you tell me you don't approve, like that's really going to resonate with me. Like that's a big deal. And it's really going to bother me. And I'm going to want to talk about it and like look into it and explore it. And with this relationship, again, I'm older mm-hmm. and I also give a lot less shits about what people think about me because trust me, people talk mad shit when you get divorced and your twenties and you walk in on it and you overhear it and all of that stuff. So that helps. But I've said anybody's made a comment I'm like, hey, do you have an issue with the relationship like personally that you want to give me like some information on? Is it the, like the man I'm dating? You know, like if it's a red flag territory, like let me know because I'm not so ignorant that I'm not aware that I could miss something. And usually like, no, it's not that. And I'm like, OK, so it's more so you're nervous because you watched me hurt and you don't want me to get hurt again. And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, so it's nothing like about us. It's nothing about like this person I'm dating. It's nothing about who I've become as I'm dating. Nothing like that. And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, cool. Then mm, I understand it's makes you uncomfortable, but I got to move on with my life and do things that make me happy. And I can't just sit around and wait for you to be okay with me possibly getting heartbroken again. That was my own personal experience. But I've had before, I've had friends who weren't happy for me. And I guess maybe I just, I don't know if it was a jealousy thing. I don't know if it was like a, um, I am really social and I do, now that I'm older, really make that effort to still have friend time. But it's probably not as much when I'm in a relationship as it is when I'm not in a relationship. So maybe that was it. But I've had people who it seemed like when something good happened, that I, they could not be happy for me. And that was really hard because I felt as if I would never do that to them. Like I would never be a thief of their joy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've had friends like that and we talked about this in the girlfriends episode a while back. And honestly, the people that I'm thinking of right now, we don't talk anymore. Yeah. So I haven't heard anything from them about this podcast. I haven't heard anything from them about my new relationship. I haven't heard anything from them about being a nurse in an ICU during COVID. So fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Say, and I mean, I'll talk about like things we want to judge for. I am sure people have things to say behind our backs about us putting ourselves out there because this is vulnerable as hell. It's the same thing we told Rhea. Like this is hard to do to put your thoughts, feelings opinions, things that can change and, you know, things you're passionate about out into the world. But unless you're doing something in your life where you're vulnerable that you want to follow a passion and make a change, really, again, don't give a shit about your opinion. Right. If you're not also in the same thing and it's kind of, you know, people are like, I can't believe, you know, you did this or you shared this information or you shouldn't tell them that you are divorced yet or you shouldn't tell them that you are sick or whatever else. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to live my life being this like closed off shell. And I think the whole issue you have with me being willing to be vulnerable is because you have some issues with yourself being vulnerable and it's scary and it's hard, but your life's going to be way harder if you just stay this closed off shell and think nobody likes you for the real you. Right. And I know that immediately when we started this podcast, you said 2020 is going to be the year of like figuring out what I don't know and learning new things. And obviously we're both doing that. And I think, This can also just be an opportunity to recognize that the best way forward is to just be your fucking self. 
unapologetically be yourself. Don't be mean to people. Don't be rude. Don't like go out of your way to be an asshole just because like it's your MO. And I sometimes have a problem with that where I like call people out for no reason. And it's like, you just really didn't need to say that. But you know, that's me. I'm working on that kind of sort of, but not really. You know, (laughs) I just feel like if you put it all out there and you're yourself, the people who respond to that will gravitate towards you. You know, it's the whole law of attraction thing. My mother talks about this all the time. You know, you put out the energy that you want to receive. And as much as I roll my eyes when she says that, you know, I'm doing it and it's working question mark. So (laughs) maybe there's something to it, but if you are being yourself and you are securing yourself if you feel okay being vulnerable, if it's not something that really makes you super uncomfortable, you you know, you're not gonna be the person that's talking shit behind the other person's back because they're happy. Yeah. It's true. Usually, like God lover, Renee Brown, usually people who talk shit, what they're talking shit about is the thing that they're most self conscious about. So Like, if I talk shit about the way someone dresses, it's probably because I'm nervous about how I look in my clothes or what I'm wearing. Or if I talk shit about someone else's relationship, it's because deep down I'm insecure about how my relationship looks or if, you know, where I'm at. And so typically the people who are okay with them, and also I don't think it's like relationships are like, you can't love anyone until you love yourself. Like... I do and don't believe that because I think there's always going to be parts of you that you don't love, but you just Mm -hmm. have to know it and be at peace with that and either work on, like you said, work on it to an extent, but also just know it's part of you. And I think not loving that part of you, but just knowing it's there and acknowledging it and trying to not be it, lean into that shitty part. I mean, to me, that's, that's the best you could possibly ask for. Right. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, exactly. So basically in a relationship, when you put out good vibes, you put out the energy and you are okay with you as a person. And that's the best. I mean, that's how you're going to attract the person you're actually supposed to be with. and You're not going to create something that's fake. Right. And, you know, you don't have to like reach self-actualization in order to be a good partner or to be ready for a relationship because neither of us are there. We are both constantly works in progress and we work on ourselves in more ways than one. And that's not the point is like you have to, you know, be your best self before you can be with somebody like we're never going to be our best selves. The best that we can do is to just work on it and, you know, do the best that we can with the situation that we have yeah and just be open to you know growing and changing and being better like like in bridesmaids well don't you think that if you're changing then you're growing like oh no no, no i think we stay the same we just grow over time that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know he will you marry me, me. Yeah, he's so with chocolate in my teeth he's so beautiful <laughs> i do the penis thing with like the aggressive eyeball all the time I love it. It's my favorite impression. That's my Twitter profile picture. <laughs> is me doing that at a party freshman year in college. That's not surprising to me at all. <laughs> like this is my non-chalked face. Yeah. What's your 
your assumptive, your duh. duh. Of course, of course, that's what it is. <laughs> well, as someone in a fresh new relationship, do you have any other advice to anybody or anything else we want to cover while we're talking about it? I mean, it's very new and I'm, you know, hopefully I don't listen back to this in the future and be like, you dumb bitch. I can't believe you said any of those things you said. (laughs) It didn't work out and you're a moron. You know, like, I hope that's not what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Honestly, so far, it's like the things that we've talked about here when it comes to like values, having similar values, having similar goals, motivation, level, sex drive, things like that. I really did not think that it was going to be something that I could find. I really thought I was going to have to give and take on one or more of those things. No. And I haven't. And I don't plan on doing it in the future, like with this person or, you know, God forbid, if there's another person, you know, like it's only been a month, but it's been a great month. I haven't had to, you know, give and take on anything that's important to me. You haven't sacrificed anything important at all. Right. So I feel really good about that. I feel really hopeful about that. And I hope other people feel good and hopeful about that too, because I am not a typical human. And I was really worried for a while. Yeah. Um, You know, even in other relationships, I felt worried in those relationships that I was sacrificing things that were important to me because I thought like I was a weirdo. So I just feel really good and I'm really happy. I'm sure there will be more stories about our relationship to come the way that you kind of like talk about stuff that has to do with Charlie. And um, yeah, so things are going well for me personally. Everyone like wear a mask out in public. Yeah. And um, support black owned businesses and be visibly anti-racist and make sure you're registered to vote. <laughs> yeah. All those things are super important. <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. Be good people. Be good to your partners. Also, stop relationship shaming. Okay. That's another thing. Yeah, that's not nice. That's not nice. I am all on to cheer on the girls who don't want a relationship and want to get around like you do you. You get your needs met. You enjoy yourself. I'm all fucking on board. You can be in a relationship and have great sex, guys. It's not like something that you can't do. Also, typically, when someone gets to know you better, you're going to have better sex. I'm just saying. So the whole trend of talking mad shit about people in relationships, not it. Be kind to one another. Quoted Ellen. (laughs) Don't talk shit. Don't talk shit. I love talking shit, though. I know. It's hard. But, like... Doesn't really like. Do you feel better? I mean, I like talking shit about <laughs> topics. Like, I don't feel yeah. necessarily better like talk shit about specific human beings unless they do something super garbage, like, like super garbage, like. Then okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're an asshole, we will talk shit about you. Yeah. So just don't be an asshole. Just don't be be kind, be nice, make the world a better well, place. Don't be part of the problem. Okay, basically. Don't be part of the problem. Don't be part of the problem with racism. Don't be part of the problem with relationships. Don't be part of the problem with dating. Like, if you want to just hook up people, tell them. And then listen to that person when they tell you that. And don't expect them more from them when they're telling you what they want. Right. 
And if someone likes you enough and wants to be with you enough, they will make the effort to do so. Amen. All right, Morgan, we're going to work on our social media game where they find us at. <laughs> it's going to get better. I swear to God. We're doing such a bad job. It's we're fine. Doing- <laughs> we'll get in the swing of it. We recorded this week. We're in the new house. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. fine. Everything's not Everything's on fire. Fine. <laughs> Everything's not on fire around me. It's fine. No, everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, our shitty social media is as follows. <laughs> uh, Instagram at Make It Work Podcast, Twitter at Make It Work Pod, Facebook.com slash Make It Work Podcast, and Make It Work Podcast at gmail.com. Boom, bitch. All right, see you guys next week. We missed you. Love you more. Lilas. <laughs>